Thank you. Also, a special welcome to those of you who are visiting with us today for the first time, those who have been invited, anakazot, whatever the term, we welcome you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to preach a very, very insightful message this morning, a challenging one about success. I don't normally talk along those lines, but uh, to talk along those lines, but to also remind you that today is a very special day in our church where we are commissioning people for ministry. And so we have people that we're going to be commissioning who will be here at the 9 o'clock service and we will be, we're not ordaining them for ministry. These are the first steps for them to go towards starting to lead our churches. Some of them already, we said, they have the potential to lead. They may not lead right away. However, we want to show you these people. Our training started way back in 2016 with this team. And unfortunately, we had two years of interruption. However, we are going to see them. So if you're able to be at 9 o'clock, yeah, I think you should give them a hand. I think they deserve a hand. Yeah. All right. So the title of my message this morning is Everyone Can Succeed. Tell your neighbor, he's talking about you. You are the everyone. Come on, tell them, you are the everyone. Tell them again, he's talking about me. I am the everyone. Generally speaking, if we were to tell the truth, everybody wants to succeed. We, we are all hardwired, you know. We, you see this in children when they go through their milestones, how they get excited when they achieve something greater, you know, when they start crawling and, and when they start standing and when they start walking. You see the excitement in them. They walk, they fall, they get up and walk again. Because success really is God's plan for humanity. However, it comes from doing what is right and doing what is right by God's standards. God says something to Cain who killed his brother and things went wrong for Cain. And when God talks to him in Genesis 4, 7, the first part of the verse, and I read the NIV Bible, listen what God says. He says, if you do what is right, Will you not be accepted? In short, God says, well, everybody can succeed, but you need to get success the right way. Get success by doing the right things. And if I may add, God's way. In fact, when you read verse 6 in the New English translation, it reads, then the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? Why is your expression downcast? Is it not true that if you do what is right, you'll be fine? If you do what's right, you'll be fine. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to dominate you, but you must subdue it. So if you do what is right, 
Things will be well. If you don't do what's right, we get into a certain mode where sin is crouching at the door and sin leads us to doing certain things that I'm going to talk about in a short while. The complete Jewish Bible says, if you're doing what is good, shouldn't you hold your head high? And if you don't do what is good, sin is crouching at the door. It wants you. It wants you. But you can rule over it. God doesn't want evil to rule over us. He wants us to rule over evil. The Message Bible reads, God spoke to Cain, why this tantrum? Why the subtle king? If you do well, won't you be accepted? And if you don't do well, sin is lying wait for you, ready to pounce. It's out to get you. You've got to master it. We can master evil. We don't need to be mastered by evil. And we need to get success by God's standards. And we need to measure success by God's standards. What is success by God's standards? Success by God's standards is doing what God assigned you to do. That's success. I know some of you, we were thinking about money already when I say what is success. You're thinking about fame. Well, those are a byproduct. Fame, money, those are just a byproduct, but really success in the true sense of the word is doing what God has called us to do. You read the book of Jeremiah, God sent Jeremiah, assigned him to go and preach to his countrymen, and when he preached to his countrymen, they gave him bad treatment. They stoned him, they did all kinds of things to him, and Jeremiah was so disappointed, and he goes to God, and you know, when you read the book of Jeremiah, it's interesting, no wonder they call it uh, uh, the lament, the book of Jeremiah. They, they, they call him the weeping prophet, Jeremiah, because if you look at Jeremiah's journey, it's filled with sadness and sorrow. And yet the man was doing God's will. <laughs> I like the way you are quiet there. He obeyed God to the best that he could. So, in, in the eyes of the casual observer, Jeremiah must have been a failure. Not so in the eyes of God. In the eyes of God, if you do what God told you to do, even if you may not have a journey of joy, God still counts you as successful. I just wanted to give that different perspective of success. And so Jeremiah comes to God, he is beaten down, he's so angry, and he says, in essence, you deceived me, God. You gave me an impression if I go out there and just do what you say, things will work out. You deceived me. And then he starts, you know, being very, very sad. I mean, melancholic. And he starts cursing everything. Cursed be the day on which I died. Cursed be this. Cursed be the person who announced my birth. And he starts cursing everything. Because to him, things didn't work out the way he was expecting. But as you read further in the book of Jeremiah, he gets a bit matured. He starts understanding that success by God's standard is doing what God has called you to do. And then later on, he writes, the message of God are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. He is discovering that success is doing what God has called you to do. Success, secondly, is you using the talents you have been entrusted with. Many people don't use what God's given to them. They never explore their talents, their gifts, their abilities. You note I haven't mentioned money even once. 
Money and other things come as a byproduct. Let's have a byproduct, ne? Let's have a byproduct. Byproduct is when you take two elements and mix them, right? And the two elements produce something different to the original elements. But the, the, what, the element that's produced came as a result of the two originals, right? So it, it happens in the process of you mixing the two. So money comes and it follows. That's what Jesus said. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Unfortunately, we live in a world where people are pursuing money, that people are chasing money. Oh. And they're chasing it at any cost. They don't care what standard they break. They don't care who they run over. It doesn't matter who they kill. It doesn't matter what they break. It doesn't matter what values they violate. It doesn't matter what they do with their body. They don't care as long as Malinji. Yeah, people who say, I will do anything even if it means selling my body. Because I sold my body. It's a sad story. That's not God's way of succeeding. Why are you quiet? Is that what you are? Is that, uh... God's standard of measuring success is according to being faithful to his mission, thirdly, that he assigned you to do. So number one, the first standard is you doing what God has assigned you to do. Number two, using the talents. Number three, being faithful to what he assigned you to do. And God says to Cain, if you do what is right and you commit to being faithful to the assignment, you will not get into the trap that Cain get, got into when he saw his brother succeeding. What happened when Cain saw his brother succeeding? And this is what happens in the world. The trap. You fall into a trap when you see somebody else succeeding and you should be succeeding and you know you should be succeeding but because of your choices. What are the traps? The traps of failure to understand our God-given capacities. Cain couldn't understand why God favored Abel. And he didn't understand that him and Abel have different capacities. The second trap is the trap of being irritated. When you see the grace to succeed that's resting on your brother's life. And you can call it inequality, you can call it injustice. And when you are watching somebody who's your brother, who's your age, who comes from your background, from your community, <laughs> you went to school with them, and you see them succeed, you can be irritated. But we need to understand, Bazalon, our graces are not the same. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? And we don't all blossom at the same time. There are people who blossom early, there are those who blossom late. But if you are fixated on succeeding at any cost and at breaking any rule, you won't understand that. You'll be jealous of somebody when you see them succeeding, instead of congratulating them. We can fall into the trap of bitterness. Cain became bitter. There are people who are bitter out there. Bitter. They feel like life is unfair to them. They feel like God is unfair to them. They feel like society is unfair to them. <laughs> you know, there are people who walk around in life with a lot of bitterness. Bitterness is not going to help us, Bazalon. The only person that bitterness is going to hurt is you. Yeah. What about the trap of jealousy? You know, my mother, I always say this, Bazalon, 
And you know, the other day I laughed. I thought, you know, I'm 61 and I'm still talking about my mother like I'm two years old, you know. <laughs> you ladies, I wish you knew how much you affect our lives. Parents, actually. I still talk about my dad like I'm one year old. I'm a grandfather already. Can you believe that? You know, my mother, in, in where we grew up in Rockville, we came home Rockamo, 1961. That's the year in which I was born. We were moved from Western Native Township. Let's about Western. Yeah. Western even now. Yeah, Western. It's about Western even now. Okay, sis John. Thank you so much. Can see you. So came then 1961. So you know it was through forced removals. We all moved there, and so many of the people who lived there. You know, like it happens with some of our young preachers here and some of our young people, you know, they all get married at the same time. They're the same age group. So, they were all of the same, more or less, same age group. So, they all get children, more or less, the same time. I don't know what discussions people have. Oh, come on now. Don't give me that look now. Sometimes I wonder. When they're fellowship in barring. So, so we grew up very close, you know, the, the, I would see because my mom was, most of our mothers then were house managers, and, uh, you know, I didn't go to crash, by the way, Bazalan. Uh, I, I went straight to school, <laughs> didn't go to crash. So I grew up a little bit, a little bit that I can remember. I would see them fellowshipping, and even as I grew up, you see them, because they're house managers during the day, they're there, and I used to admire this. I used to really admire this. Even as I grew, I, I, I would just admire their closeness to each other. Like some of you, you're so close to each other. You know, they're all toddlers, they are all, you know. And then I said to my mother, I said, what a wonderful community. She said, she, she said to me, I was older now, and she said to me, my son, wait until you all grow up. I, and I didn't understand. She said, when, when the children grow up, you'll see where this friendship is going to end up. I never understood what my mother meant. And then I realized as we grow up, the fortunes of our children are not the same. Some kids go the wrong way. Some succeed earlier. Some marry, some don't marry. Some baba in, baba in. And it is that that causes parents to fight. Now people can't be friends anymore. And even Liluna is Luhula. Some people get degrees, some get good jobs, some their marriages last, some their marriages get dissolved. All those things. All those things. And this is exactly what God is saying here. And he says, you see, you know, you can get to a point where you can become jealous. I'm telling you, because our fortunes are not the same, Bazaran. In ministry, you, we went to ministry. I've, I've been to two Bible colleges. The one Bible college, our first year, we were 240, just about 240 of us. Today, there's less than 10 of us who are in ministry. Yeah. So when you meet your colleagues, you are in class with them. Some of them, you know, their comments are not nice. They say, oh, so now you're a big man, eh? That's what they say to me, now you're a big man now. Yeah, now you're on television. You're, so you've really made it so, no? Yeah, in fact, I've got a son of Aramusa, you know. Because why they rub it in. I've got a little root of Aramusa. Oh, once or a year. So you're a big man now. So you're an important man. You speak to the president now. Hey! Some of them say, now you're in the gravy trade. 
Come on, don't, don't look at me like that. You know what I'm talking about. What happens? Because our fortunes are not the same. You can be tempted to be jealous. Yes. And if you become jealous and you become like Cain, you can block your own success. Learn to celebrate somebody when they've done something. Come on, give the Lord a big hand on that. Celebrate them. Celebrate them. Same pressure. We all face the same pressure. Liberty faced the same pressure. You know, back then when we started, you know, when you meet somebody, the first question they want to ask you is, how big is your church? You haven't even asked me how I am. Guru, you haven't, you don't even care how I am. You know, you, you don't even care how I am. But success can be a tricky thing. The traps of jealousy. What about the trap of depression? People, life does not succeed, things don't work. People become depressed and as a result they become indifferent. Or better still, they explain their failure and justify their failure. It's a trap. What about the trap of isolating yourself? Now you disconnect with your friends who are succeeding. Because we get All they did is to buy a car. Come on, don't, don't, don't look away. Look at me, look at me. Don't look away now. All, all they did, all they did is to buy a car. That's all they did. You know? What happens? It becomes a problem. It becomes a, you can be depressed. You can become indifferent. Or the success of isolating yourself. You isolate yourself, but even worse, the trap of giving up on your dreams. If anything today that I want to say to you, even those of you watching on television, don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your dreams. Remember, you are the one who will determine whether you succeed or you don't. Now, I know some of you, you'll quickly say, yeah, no, but you don't understand my background. Yeah, but you this and this. Listen, listen. I understand. I may not fully understand your situation, but anywhere you read about people who have succeeded, it's not everybody who had it easy in their life. All of us have to battle through things and work through things. Each one of us, we have our own issues. They may differ in size and magnitude. Of course, some people, if you come from a disadvantaged background, you've got more problems to solve. I understand that. I understand that. I understand that because when we built this church, all the odds were against us. Even the system was against us. The banks wouldn't give us a loan because I'm black. I understand that. All the banks we were banking with, all the banks, not even a single one of them, wanted to give us a loan. They told us that this area is redlined. I didn't even know what redlined mean. I came around looking for a red line. Guru, where is the red line? Where's the red line? I don't see the red line. And it's funny, just, just across the road when Maponya Mall was built, the redlining had disappeared. Same area. Banks wouldn't finance us. I went to some organization where, like I've told you, you heard me say it before, you know, this person took a look at what we were trying to do and they, they asked me a question. It was my first time to hear that, that phrase. They said, have you done a feasibility study? Fee, 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 fee what? Feasibility study. It was my first time to hear that. This was an organization that used to fund people who built churches. 
But unfortunately, the person who, who was processing our application didn't like us, I found out later. It had nothing to do with feasibility study. It has something to do with them not liking us. You see, that's why when you have people who are sitting at the table of decision makers, who are immature people who are issue-driven, it's a problem. When you have an, a, a jealous person who has handling power, and a sentimental person who makes the decisions. Hey, my heart was broken that day. My feasibility study. I mean, yeah, yeah. This was, a, this was a Christian organization, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you need to hang in there. Because whatever God has told you will come to pass. God says to Cain, if you do what is right, if you do what is right, success will be the result. But if you resort to behaving like Cain, then success will be elusive. Now watch this. This is important. Success comes by committing to a journey of growth. Make a commitment. I'm going to grow. I might not get there this year, but I'll get here. I'll get there some other time. Yeah. Commit to a journey of growth. Commit to it. You are going to go to another level. Commit. It might not be much that you achieve this year. It may be just one step. But it is that one step that is the first step for the many steps that come. Any child who has walked, there was a day where they took the one step. Yeah, and they took the end. Even in taking that step, I don't know in English. They were terekeseli. Even that one step, they didn't have the balance. Even that one step, they had to quickly hold on to something. Marok Salayo, they had to have the courage to take the first step. And you know what I found out? Once a child has taken the first step, you can't take them back. Once they taste the freedom of taking the first step, they're going to try the second step and the third step and the fourth step until one day they are walking. You try your first step. Maybe this year is just the one step. You make the determination. I am going to commit to a journey of growing. I'm not going to let society define me. I'm not going to let other people define me. I'm not going to let my background define me. I'm not going to let my jealous uncle define me. I'm not going to let my visionless parents define me. I'm going to take a step in Jesus' name. The first step is get this truth settled in your heart once and for all that God has already stated and he has already declared that he wants you to succeed. God's not your enemy. So if success is not coming your way, don't look in God's direction and say, God, why are you blocking me? Settle that in your heart. Some of you, that's why you're not moving on. When things that are, that are bad are happening, you think it's God who's involved. You're blaming the wrong person. You're looking in the wrong direction. God has already declared, I know the plans I have for you. Oh, somebody give the Lord a shout there. I, I say, he says, I, I know the plans I have for you. He says, it's plans to do you good. Not to harm you. Plans to give you a future. 
Listen, God is committed to the future. Your yesterday may not be bright. Your yesterday may not be good, but God says, forget yesterday. Look to the future. Reach out to the future. God says, don't, don't, don't build a monument to your yesterday. Don't be tied to your yesterday. Don't be a prisoner of your yesterday. I am pulling you to the future. I've got plans for you. And you'll only understand those plans when you become future-minded. Yeah. And you look to the future. You look to the future. How can I that one step? Eh? I call it an inescapable experience. There are certain experiences once okay the moyona. You can't escape the effects that it does on you. Once you have tasted step number one, you are you are also right. Because you, you are you are thinking about step two and step three and step four already. Even when people baublella, you can't walk. Usoba sheba fella, you are not listening. Usoba sheba fella, they are going to talk mara. What they are saying is just passing. It's not making an impression because I've already heard my first step. Yeah, I'm telling you. Get it settled in your heart. God, oh sorry, declared you a success. Get it settled, number two, that God has already made provision for you to succeed. I'm telling you, God has given you, number one, his word. God has filled you with the power of the Holy Spirit. God's power will work on your behalf. God sends you friends. God brings you to a church like this one. Where you're hearing such good teaching. This is God working in your life. Yeah. 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 I have a sense that this sermon is an answer to somebody's question here. Wawona Mudimu is already committed to make sure he gives you the necessary resources to make you succeed. God's committed to your success, number one. God has already made a provision for you that he wants you to succeed. In Genesis 4, 7, it says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? Jeremiah 29, verse 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. God has already made provision for you because in John 15, 16, he says, you did not choose me. (laughs) Utaren, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Chosen, appointed, to be fruitful. I think I talked about it some years ago. It, it bears repetition. I might not say exactly everything in it, but that word chose was, was a was very, very interesting word. Very, very interesting word. It, it talks about a special choice that God makes or that lawyers make when they argue out a case in court. If you ever talk to legal people about something, they will actually tell you, if you say it this way, you're going to incriminate yourself. But you must say it in this way. And, and th- that, that 
That behavior or that act of choosing certain words is called the middle voice. The middle voice. That's what they call it. The middle voice. The middle voice is when you choose specific words for a specific task to communicate a specific message. Now note, the rejection of other words or the exclusion of other words does not mean they are not necessary or they are not important, but that they cannot serve the purpose at that time. So, Mudimuhara, I have chosen you. He's saying there are specific things that are your assignment. I gave you gifts, talents, abilities specifically for a specific mission. That I didn't give you other gifts, other talents, and excluded those talents. It's simply because what I have assigned you to do does not need those talents. Ah, you're not hearing what I'm saying. And God says, I have chosen you. You are the middle voice. I could have chosen your neighbor. I could have chosen somebody else, but I chose you. Moses, I chose you to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. Even if you are a stammerer, even if you are a stutterer, even if you are 80 years old, there is nobody else who can do that, Moses, because Moses, you are the middle voice. Gideon, even if you come from a home of poverty, even if you are the last born in your home, even if you don't have much education, even if everybody is not saying good things about you, Gideon, there is only one man that I call a mighty man of valor, and that is you. Joseph, I've chosen you, even if you are the last born in your family, even if all your brothers hate you, even if they are trying to kill you, they are trying to murder you, but I have chosen you. David, I have chosen you, even if your father forgot about you when the prophet came to your home, but you are the middle voice, I've chosen you. Oh, I'm talking to somebody in the house, God says I've chosen you. Esther, I have chosen you. Regardless of your background, Esther, I have chosen you. I've chosen you. You are the middle voice. Understand that. God says, I've chosen you. I've chosen you. I've chosen you. Uh, some, of, some of you, it's like you don't believe it. Huh? If I was you, I would be so glad. I would be standing on that chair right now. I have, God says, I have chosen you. Believe it. Embrace it. Think about it. Put it in your mind. Put it in your thoughts. Put it in your actions. Believe it when you stand. But when I stand here, I preach. You know why I preach like this? Because I know God says, I have chosen you. I've chosen you. And when God sets you, and when God chose, chooses you, when God places you, nothing can move you. Only God can move you. When God sets you, nobody can upset you. Millions of years ago, God took the sun and the moons and the stars and he sent them up in the firmament, up in the sky. And the sun and the moon and the stars are exactly where God placed them. Thousands and thousands and thousands and millions of years later, they are still right where God has placed them. When God has set you, you don't have to be afraid that anyone will upset you. Anyone will push you off. Anyone will undercut you. You don't have to be afraid. You have been chosen by God. They may take away what you're doing, but they cannot take away the gift and the talent. They may take away your ideas, but they can't take away your anointing. They may take away what you do, but they can never take away.
away your fruitfulness. Somebody give the Lord a shout in the place. God has chosen you. Stop being insecure. Stop being afraid. God has chosen you. Stop looking around. God has chosen you. Stop making excuses. God has chosen you. Stop looking at yourself. Look at God's ability. God has chosen you. God has chosen you. Yeah. You are the middle voice. You are the middle voice. God has chosen you. God has chosen you. God has chosen you. <laughs> God has chosen you. Uh, God tells God tells Jeremiah, before you were conceived, <laughs> I knew you. I knew you. And before you were born, I chose you, I set you apart to be a prophet unto the nations. Your assignment was determined even before you were born. And I made sure as I need you in your mother's womb, I put all the gifts and the talents and the abilities you need to fulfill the assignment. Like a maker of a product. When they make a car, they make a car to be driven. And they determine the speed, the weight, the strength, the durability. They determine. If you have a car that can be driven at 260 kilometers per hour, you don't have to worry. If everything in it is from the originator, are you listening to what I'm saying? If everything in it is from the one who made it, if you put everything in it as the person who had created it as ordered, that car will drive at 260 kilometers per hour. You don't have to worry. If an airplane is made to fly, it will fly. It will navigate the storms up there. It will ride the winds and ride the clouds. It will not break. Have you seen it when you're in turbulence? You see the wings of a plane going up, bending like that. And you think the wings are going to break. They're not going to break. It was made to navigate. Ah, oh, you're not hearing what I'm saying. It was made. It was made. I'm saying to you, you were made to navigate. You were created by God to navigate the rough seas and the rough storms that lie ahead of the fulfillment of your destiny. You don't have to worry as long as you are where God has placed you. God has chosen you. Tell your neighbor, God has chosen me. God has chosen you. Will you all stand, Basil? And I'm going to stop right here because I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. There's an anointing in this house. I said there's an anointing in this house. Those of you who are watching by television, right where you are, God's anointing is upon your life, right where you are. I want to pray for you. Too many people are living below the level of their potential. Too many people. Too many people have allowed themselves to play below their potential. They have fallen into the trap of excuses and blame shifting. And I think God must look from heaven and say, Maraganjan, if not, Aramarawai.
Why is this person not changing the world with their gifts and their talents? When I've made them in my image. I chose them. They are my middle voice. Nobody is like them. I chose them. To the exclusion of others, I chose them. I was very specific about their gifts and their talents. And even their journey. The psalmist said, all the days of my life were written in your book even before I lived one of them. God says, I know about the journey. I know how difficult it's going to be. But even before they encountered the difficulty, I'd already given them the solution. I'd already hardwired them to navigate the weather. Why are they giving up? Why are they getting discouraged? And why are they blaming me? I don't know where you are in your journey. But this is my prayer for you. That today will be the end of excuses. No more. No more. But if you haven't taken the first step, you try today. If you've already taken 10 steps... There's a hundred more to go. And you don't stop. And you know that God is committed to me. Would you, would, you, would you raise your hands to God? And now, Lord, I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will rest upon these, your children. That you break every yoke of fear, depression, jealousy, You break the spirit of indifference that every hell in front of them even if you don't take it away I know that you'll help them to navigate it. Let your power rest upon them now. Not only now in this service as they are watching but most of all during the week when they're not in the church service when they're not in a church building mostly when they are facing up to difficult things that are in front of them. I pray in Jesus' name that your spirit and your power will rest upon them in the name of Jesus. Would you raise your hands and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost? That's right. That's the right song. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Those of you watching my television, pray in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Anointing the sanctuary. Pray the Holy Ghost, everybody. There is a stillness in the atmosphere. Oh, yes. Pray the Holy Ghost. Lay it down. The blood. Have care. 
Lay down the doubt. The inferiority. Lay it down. Pray the Holy Ghost, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for your presence that sweeps upon your people. We break every yoke, destroy every burden, and release your people now. Keep your heads bowed, please. Your eyes closed. You can put your hands down. I want to ask in this place and those of you watching by way of television, if you, as yet you haven't received Christ, as Savior and Lord of your life. I want to pray for you. You are here, you have been invited, or you're watching from home. You know that things are not right between you and God. But you want to ask Jesus, Jesus, I want you to come into my heart because that's where it all begins. With Jesus Christ being the Lord of our lives. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed, please. Everybody standing on their feet. If that's you right there, and you need prayer, would you raise your hand right where you are? Just raise it up. Raise it up. Let me pray for you. Just raise up the hand. Let me pray for you. Thank you for that hand. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. Thank you. Anybody else, just raise your hand right where you are. I want to pray for you. Bless you, young man. Bless you. Anybody else, I see another hand. Bless you. Bless you at the back there. God bless you. God bless you. I see several hands. May I ask the people who raise their hands, would you please just come from where you are standing? Make your way to the front. Don't leave your belongings behind, all right? Take your Bible, your bag with you for safekeeping. If you raised your hand, I saw there's a hand right here. Come stand right here. This is the place where God changes lives. And those of you on television, you can phone right where you are. There's a number that's on the screen. You can phone right now. There's somebody on the other side of the line who wants to pray with you and lead you to Christ. Give them a hand, Bazalana, as they come. This is what it's about. This is what it's about. Give them a big hand. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Thank you, my girl. Well done. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Thank you, every one of you. Thank you so much. Is there someone who's still out there? You didn't raise your hand, but you want to walk to the front with these people here. You know why we're clapping? Because we want to encourage you. There they come. God bless you. Did you bring somebody? Did you bring a friend? Did you bring a neighbor? Stand with them right here. Just stand with them. Did you bring a friend? Did you bring a neighbor? Did you anacaz or somebody? Tell them I'll go to the front with you. Just take them by the hand and walk to the front. Walk to the front. This is what it's about. Come on. Just walk to the front. This is the time. This is the moment. God is changing people's lives. Here they come, Bazalana. Here they come. Here they come.